You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 232 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. (sighs) My God. It's been a few exhausting days here. Uh, (laughs) This is the first episode of a four-part series recorded at the Third World Ayahuasca Conference in Girona, Catalonia, Spain. Organized by ICERS, which stands for the International Center for Ethnobotanical Education, Research and Service. And by the way, check out episode 219, where I talk to ICERS founder Benjamin De Loinen. And uh, before before we get going... uh, Please consider becoming a patron, supporting the podcast with a buck or two a month. Just go to patreon.com forward slash naturalbornalchemist. You can also donate directly to the podcast uh, over at naturalbornalchemist.com. So please do that if you got some scratch. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the uh, third edition of the World Ayahuasca Conference. Welcome to the uh, third edition of the World Ayahuasca Conference. Which, you know, things like this conference, things like ayahuasca, do encourage people to at least be concerned about Amazonians who are generally disregarded uh, worldwide. The human species, which I sometimes call the stupid monkeys, uh, are not listening to the message, which is that we have to re-understand our relationship with nature. Right now, the public education is the most important thing. Very little research is conducted in a dialogue with indigenous Amazonian people. The extraction never stops. The extraction never stops. Viva los pueblos indígenas de la cuenca amazónica! This World Ayahuasca Conference is a wonderful experience, especially when hanging out with the many powerful indigenous leaders from the Amazon that are present here. Uh, It's always a treat to hang out with indigenous people, in my opinion, 
I want to thank ICERS for providing me with a media pass here at the conference. So, you know, I got in free of charge. So that was very nice of them. Uh, as a regular listener, you know I often talk about indigenous people and indigenous culture. But in this episode, I actually have them appear directly on the podcast. Which feels good because... Not acknowledging indigenous culture when dabbling with psychedelics is basically vampirical behavior, in my opinion. Although, before we get to the interviews, I want to talk a bit about the Cosmic Journey VR experience by Jan Koonen that uh, you could try out here at the World Ayahuasca Conference. And Jan Koonen is a film director that appeared in episode 86 when I met him at a psychedelic conference in Bucharest, Romania, many years ago. As luck would have it, I had dinner with him and Dennis McKenna, and uh, Jan Kunen told me that he was planning to make an ayahuasca virtual reality experience. And here at the conference, that VR experience was finished, and it's called Cosmic Journey, and it was very very good you know I didn't think you could make an ayahuasca journey in VR but I mean um, he did a really really good job I think because of course an ayahuasca journey is not all about the visuals it's about a lot of other things that that's impossible to make in a virtual reality because it's so individual but when it comes to just the visuals and the, the mood and the feeling um, he made uh, a really good VR experience I think and it starts by you know you sitting at night in the rainforest there's a shaman a, a maestro sitting or a maestro actually it's a maestro sitting before you singing you know, sh- 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 making those noises, and then he starts singing, and then um, you know when when you take ayahuasca, I guess any psychedelic, but particularly ayahuasca, when the effect s- starts working, the world around you starts moving back and forth till it eventually dissolves. So he had that effect, and then you go into this, um, you know. Uh, very intense and beautiful visual journey and there was a point when I almost forgot I was in a VR experience and I actually my heart started pumping faster and 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 because I wasn't really psych uh, psychologically ready to do an ayahuasca ceremony but there I was inside one and uh, I had to remind myself that I could take off the goggles at any time so uh, if you ever get a chance to try Cosmic Journey VR Experience by Jan Kunen, please do. Now, there were many indigenous leaders attending the conference. I spoke to one of them, a powerful woman named Tabea Kasik. I got help with the translations from a dude named Sasha uh, that I met years ago in the Amazon at an ayahuasca retreat center where he was a facilitator. 
Now I could have edited out her replies in Spanish but I felt that was disrespectful so I kept them in. And as I said before, I want their voices to be heard. It's only a very brief interview, so you won't be listening to Spanish for an hour, you know. It's only a few minutes, but you'll also hear Sasha's English translation. Anyway, here is Tabia Kasik. So, um, thanks for doing the podcast. Gracias a usted, verdad. So, can you tell a bit about yourself? Mi nombre es Tabea Cacique Coronado. Soy de Pueblo Asheninka, de la provincia de Atalaya, Ucayali, Perú. Okay, um, her name is Tabela, and uh, she comes from the and uh, a small village uh, in the Ucayali River from Peru. And what is it that uh, you do? What's your daily activity? Uh, bueno, actualmente estoy en representación como coica. He sido invitada a la organización de COICA. Eh, bueno, nosotros eh, defendemos los derechos colectivos de los pueblos indígenas en diferentes niveles. So she's the representative of an association called COICA and uh, they work in the defense of uh, the rights of the indigenous people of Peru and uh, Ecuador también, ¿no? And what uh, indigenous community are, are you part of? Bueno, soy pueblo asheninka, que hace poco he sido reconocida ante el Estado porque primero consideraban como asheninka, uno solo. Nosotros hemos, hemos luchado para que nos reconozca como tal pueblo diferente que la asheninka. Entonces nosotros como asheninkas, ya el Estado peruano nos reconoció como pueblo diferente y entonces nosotros estamos felices por eso. So she's part of a, a community called the Ashenikas which just recently have been um, recognized by the Peruvian government as a separate indigenous group uh, before they were grouped together with uh, the Ashanikas. But she is a Ashanika, which are two separate indigenous uh, groups. And what do you think about uh, conferences like this one? Bueno, para nosotros como pueblos indígenas es muy importante este tipo de conferencias de nivel internacional, mundial, Pero sin embargo, tenemos observaciones de que debe ser invitado en estos espacios los, ver, los indígenas representativos ¿no? de, de sus pueblos. Porque se observa, existen voceros externos, extranjeros, que hablan en nombre de pueblos indígenas. Nosotros pensamos de que no debe ser si nosotros, si las ONGs quieren apoyar a los indígenas, tiene que ser de buena fe y que trabajemos juntos para poder lograr los objetivos y mejorar la calidad de vida de los pueblos indígenas, pero juntos, no que la ONG hable en nombre de pueblos indígenas y los verdaderos indígenas postergado o sin conocimiento de qué se está haciendo por ellos. Um, she says that the, um, as, as an indigenous, as a representative of the indigenous people, she thinks it's a good idea to have this type of conference, but at the same time she feels um, that the in indigenous people aren't included enough and not enough of them have, uh, are being invited to take part of these conferences and she feels there's a very strong voice coming from um, Western NGOs that speak in their name and but it lacks a little bit um, including them more and they said uh, she says she would really like to see this happen more in in teamwork together rather than um, them just being a little bit of a side thought 
Yeah, thanks a lot for taking the time to speak. Muchas gracias a usted. After we finished the interview, Tabea told me her feelings about uh, gringo shamans. Basically, white dudes that come down to the Amazon, drink ayahuasca a couple of times, and then they think they're a shaman. They take ayahuasca with them and they go back to the to the West and start, you know, arranging ayahuasca ceremonies and start singing like a shaman and all this. And, and she basically told me that she thinks those people are... Uh, well, basically, she didn't use that word, but she might as well. She basically called them vampires. And uh, I, I agree. I agree. So watch out, you know. I mean, when it comes to ayahuasca, there is only one true maestro or maestro, and that is a... But that, that is an individual that has grown up in a shamanic culture for generations, in my opinion. You, you, you can't... I mean, if you want to eat the best sushi in the world, you really got to go to Japan, right? Or at least the chef has to be Japanese, right? I mean, you don't want a German making your sushi, right? Next, I uh, I actually bumped into Dr. Joe Tafur that appeared on the podcast back in episode 154. And Dr. Joe Tafur, he wrote the book The Fellowship of the River. So um, I did a little interview with him. And uh, one thing we began speaking about in this interview was about author Michael Pollan. Basically, Michael Pollan is a very famous mainstream author that wrote a pro-psychedelic book, but then recently came out and backtracked everything he said, saying perhaps that we should not make psychedelics legal and we should not decriminalize them. Across the world, the psychedelic community has been first excited at his book because it promoted psychedelics as a good uh, medicine for PTSD, for example. But now, with uh, this most recent development, where he basically says, well, maybe psychedelics shouldn't be legal or decriminalized, everyone in the psychedelic community has become very disappointed, myself included. Recently, on the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast, Duncan had this to say. That Michael Pollan, Michael Pollan, who I thought was an ally of the psychedelic movement, who wrote this book, How to Change Your Mind, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence. He used the word transcendence. When Michael Pollan wrote this fucking think piece for the New York Times, I'm just going to read it to you. Have a, have a trash can nearby. You need something to puke in when you hear this. You're going to need something. Get some salts. Get someone nearby with smelling salts in case you fucking pass out. When you realize this, this Michael Pollan, this brilliant man who wrote a book that, that helped to like ease some of the insane superstitions surrounding psychedelics, actually had the gall to write a think piece saying that maybe we shouldn't have decriminalized fucking mushrooms at Denver. I'm going to read it to you. Yeah, so Michael Pollan, he's a hack in my opinion. Anyway, now you know what I refer to when I asked Dr. Joe Taffer, the author of The Fellowship of the River, about Michael Pollan later on in the interview. So 
Here's Joe. So thanks for being on the podcast again, this time face to face. Yeah, nice to meet you in person. Thank you for having me. So what kind of speaking engagements do you have at the conference? Um, Well, I was just on a panel for the movie, The Song That Calls You Home. And uh, so that was really nice, you know, about some of the work we've done at, at the center with some people. And then tomorrow I'm talking about my book, The Fellowship of the River. I have an English version and then the book is out in Spanish. I'm going to do a Spanish talk as well. And so just introducing the book to the people. Did you see that uh, the original artwork for your book uh, is up in the gallery? Yeah, and I know it's there because uh, Marcus Drossel, the artist who's my friend, and Sita, the organizer of the gallery, is a close friend of mine. So we almost brought the original but it's at my house. I didn't bring it. It's too much trouble. Oh, I thought it was the original. It looked no, like it's a print. It's a nice. It's a very good print. Yeah, I don't know if it's Jaclay. It's like a like a good print on campus. So this film, you were on a panel. What's your involvement with the film? Well, my friends are making the movie. Luis Robledo and Vanni and uh, Sasha Alexandra. They met through Nuera, uh, our center. So they came to our center in Peru where I'm no longer a business partner but I helped found it and they met there and so I know all of them personally from that and then they were making film projects and so yeah we I was connected from the beginning to all of them and to remind people uh, your book what's uh, it called and what's it about yeah the book is called the fellowship of the river and the subtitle is a medical doctor's exploration into traditional Amazonian plant medicine So it's my journey as a doctor um, into exploring uh, plant medicine, starting with peyote, but then getting very much involved in ayahuasca in Peru. And then as a doctor, observing all these healings and then deciding to get involved and help found a center in Peru. And so then the book is that story of my life into that journey and then eventually training in shamanism. And that becomes the backdrop to a presentation of cases of people that are healed through our medicine or have made a lot of progress. And then a bit of a scientific uh, kind of reflection on how does this make sense, this shamanic healing with, you know, Western medical diagnosis. What do you think about a conference like this? What good can it do? The conference is beautiful. I mean, I've gone to, uh, I went to the last World Ayahuasca Conference in Brazil. That did a lot. In that one, for example, in Brazil was the first time that a lot of indigenous groups from that area got a chance to speak in front of their, uh, together, in front of the local municipal authorities, the mayor, the university authorities from the academic center. You know, that conference gave them a platform. And then it also brought for the first time them, the indigenous groups, a chance to discuss and even debate and fight with the UDV and the Santo Daime. The, the syncretic Christian religions that are there, Catholic religions. So they had never really had a dialogue about what's going on with ayahuasca on both sides. So it opened a dialogue there. It opened a dialogue with the local authorities. So for me, I observed that. And then there was all the interaction with the people. You know, in other words, I met a lot of people there. Projects are born out of that. Just right now at this conference, I am like getting possibly involved in like two more projects. One in Colombia, which I've always wanted to do something in Colombia that's associated with MAPS, who I've been kind of affiliated with MAPS loosely. And then maybe even doing psychedelic psychotherapy in Phoenix, where I'm from, which I hadn't considered that much, but now these people are facilitating that. 
So that's an example, you know, just fun, meeting people with like minds, people who have been on this journey. There's people that I see at these conferences that I don't normally see that I look forward to seeing. I've been to a few of these conferences and, and this one has the biggest presence of indigenous people, which is good. I think without them, it, it would be lacking something. That's correct. And so ICers, you know, is I mean, it's a struggle for them. It's not so easy to bring people from South America to here. Number one, there's visas, there's all kinds of issues to to deal with. But ICERS is committed and dedicated. You know, there's a, I don't know what exactly it stands for, something like the International Council for Ethnobotanical and some, and I don't know if it's entheogenic, I forget the last acronym, part of it, but it's about the ethnobotanical and they've, they've always been about the culture and that's a huge part of the organization. So I think they've tried to be, there could be more, of course, people are going to criticize there's not enough. But like you said, at least there's a lot more than there is at other conferences. So it's a step in the right direction, and they've been stepping in that direction. Don't know if you followed it much, but uh, what do you think about the developments in Brazil with the new president? He's quite anti-indigenous. Yeah, that's very rough. You know, they're going through kind of a a Trump type of situation down there, and it's yeah, it's very disheartening. It's very rough. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, you know, it's tragic in many ways, and it's just more suffering for these people. And so we just hope that the movement that exists to support them, which, you know, things like this conference, things like ayahuasca, do encourage people to at least be concerned about Amazonians who are generally disregarded uh, worldwide. And so at least there's a chance for them to get more attention and more sympathy for their situation. Is there a community like this in the United States, conferences and things like that? Um, yeah, well, there's they're mostly been the main one that I'm connected to is through MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Science, Psychedelic Studies. And they have at their conferences a plant medicine track. So they've included a plant medicine track that is run by, for the last two of them was run by an anthropologist, Bia Labache, Brazilian. And so they've been including... Uh, you know, academics and all that stuff, but they've also tried to have a presence from practitioners and always expanding in that direction to draw more from the tradition. Now when uh, Colorado has legalized uh, psychedelic mushrooms, do you think that will uh, create a wave so more states go in that direction? Yeah. The Oakland is in the process of doing it right now. And so, you know, this is the same story. It was Cal it was marijuana in what's Colorado, and it was Northern California in the Bay Area. And so it's the same again. And uh, then it turns out they're not the only super liberal groups. And then meanwhile, there's a lot of psychedelic clinical research in the United States, including with psilocybin. And so that's going to encourage more positive kind of opinions of it. So, yeah, I imagine it will grow. What do you think is the challenge then uh, when if let's imagine it's legal in the whole country or in the whole world but what what's the challenge then to make sure that uh, it's used properly Well it's currently being used very widely right now mushrooms psilocybin mushrooms I don't think anyone that wants them is limited in any way shape or form from getting them and so the big problem is that and not that they are really criminalized I don't know too many people that have gone to prison for that but just that there's a risk of that is a big, big problem. That's a very corrupt idea, number one. And so then it's supposed to be because everyone's so worried about what happens to people when they do it. Well, they're already doing it, tons and tons of them. 
And so the number one thing to do, putting people in prison for that, I don't think it serves any purpose at all, is to educate people on how to use it wisely the way we do with alcohol. Uh, Michael Pollan wrote a very famous book recently and then uh, also very recently he's backtracked and turned into uh, like almost an anti-psychedelic renaissance. I was very surprised. I was very surprised to see that, you know. I think he is feeling, I have no idea. You know, people, I saw him at a conference not too long ago and he was being criticized a little bit for obviously because of his position as a journalist and a writer, he got a lot of attention. He got a lot of attention for having, I think, seven personal experiences, what he reported at that conference, seven. There were other people like Andrew Weil, who's at that conference, who was, you know, with Timothy Leary at the Harvard and has written many, many books on the subject that haven't got maybe as much attention or made as much of an impact. And this guy has had countless psychedelic experiences. So now we're listening to this guy as if he's the expert of psychedelics because of his name and his publishing kind of capacity. And so with his seven experiences, you know, he made his uh, case for how, why, you know, they thought they might be useful to, in particular, older people. Unfortunately, um, now he's backtracking, I guess, because he feels some kind of guilt or that, oh, no, because of me, because I'm so, you know, it seems like an ego trip, I would say, is the number one thing that it makes me think of. I was pretty upset about that. So I would just say from me, like, that's an ego trip. Why, who cares? Who cares if you don't want them legal? You just wrote a book promoting them. So why would we care to hear from you in this direction unless you think you're so important that you have to say this now? So it really detracts from, from some of what he's contributing. And it's, it's very unfortunate and sad because then we get back to the same question again. Oh, so what are you saying? That people should be put in prison for taking mushrooms? Is that what you're saying? Because that's what it means. You know, that's exactly what it means. It doesn't mean anything else. He's, he's so mainstream that it almost felt like somebody pressured him. That could be very possible, I could imagine, you know, I don't know why, unless the publishing company was feeling threatened, but you know, again, they made a lot of money on it, so it's, I don't know, it's strange, but I think maybe he wants to take a step back from that topic, maybe he wants to move on to a new topic, and he has every right, and it's no problem, I just found it kind of, yeah, it really kind of was strange. So if people want to uh, read your book, uh, who who did you write the book for? Who, who should get it? The book is for as many people who are willing to read it, but it's designed for people who are curious about ayahuasca and want to learn more. It's for people who don't know anything about it, and um, but perhaps uh, are interested in healing. And so it's designed to be accessible to the average person who wants to learn more about personal healing. The book is about spiritual healing. It's not just about psychedelics or ayahuasca medicine. It's using the, the, the model of ayahuasca tourism to talk about the kind of spiritual healing that people are looking for from the West and why they're willing to travel this far and what kind of what does spiritual healing mean for them? What could it mean for their health? And so it's also for doctors and medical students. You know, it's designed to be accessible to penetrate that culture and show people, hey, this is for real. And it's for people that are are fans of plant medicine and spirituality, energy healing. So where can people get it? And do you have a website? Yeah, I have a website. You can buy the book on Amazon.com. It's self-published through Amazon. So that's the easiest way to get it. 
It's in Spanish through Abalesco publisher in Spain, and it's in German uh, through Arcana in Germany, and that's available through Amazon as well. Um, I have uh, two websites, drjotifer.com, it talks about the book a bit, and then there's another one, modernspirit.org, which is our nonprofit dedicated to demonstrating the value of spiritual healing in modern healthcare. So we're doing a study with MAPS right now. Cool. Thanks a lot for taking the time yeah, to speak to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool questions. Of course, you should never judge a book by its cover, but Joe Taffer's book really has got a very beautiful cover. So if you buy it, not only will you enjoy the read, you'll also have something beautiful to look at, so you can't lose. As I mentioned before, the indigenous people have a presence here at the conference, and their voices are important. The Amazon is being destroyed by multinational corporations that want to make money, and uh, it's also being destroyed by that gargantuan fucktard President Bolsonaro of Brazil. And not only that, Westerners go there and take whatever culture they have in the Amazon and they bring it back to the West and repackage it into a more westernized version of Amazonian culture. And uh, more now than ever, having spent time with these indigenous people here at the conference talking to them, more now than ever do I feel that ayahuasca should be done in the right set and setting. And that setting is the Amazon. Here is a speech by the indigenous delegation that attended the conference that I think we all should pay attention to. So we have arrived to the closing of this three-day very intense ceremony that will take a long time to really integrate and understand everything that's been happening here. Buenas noches a todos y a todas. Good night, everybody. Voy a leer, voy a expresarme ante ustedes las conclusiones que hemos definido como pueblos indígenas. I'm going to present you all our conclusions that we came out in our meeting as indigenous people. Las autoridades espirituales indígenas participantes en la conferencia mundial. Indigenous spiritual authorities, representatives of the World Conference of Ayahuasca 2019 in Girona, Catalonia. We call on all governments human rights organizations, the United Nations, the civil society of all countries for the defense of Mother Earth. We denounce the violations of the human rights, the threats of the Amazonic territories, the systematic killing of defenders of human rights and environment in countries like Colombia, Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Bolivia.
exigimos la nulidad de We demand the ending of all extractive projects, the mega infrastructures. We reject all the mega projects that cause environmental uh, damage like the railroad transoceanic that pretends to connect the Pacific Ocean with the Atlantic that goes through our rainforests and key ecosystems for the survival of our planet. Reconocemos Reconocemos la lucha We recognize the constant fight of indigenous women, wise women of ancestral medicine, weavers and guardians of Mother Earth, and creators of artistic expressions, heritage of indigenous peoples. Honramos los conocimientos honor the ancestral knowledge, heritage of indigenous peoples that practice the medicine. Dispanihu, Kamarampi, Nishipai, Uni, Ambiwaska, Uni, Nishi, Dateng, Iyuana. Also recognized as Yahe or Ayahuasca. And we reject the commercialization, indiscriminated and bad practices that violate the ethical teachings and spiritual lineage of this wisdom. We express our gratitude to the World Conference of Ayahuasca, and we and we continue uh, supporting the work of the organizers. At the same time, as indigenous people, we invite to have a conference with spiritual authorities and representatives of indigenous organizations from the Amazon Basin. In the name of the indigenous people and the spiritual ancestors and all the defenders of life, we made a call to create a global alliance of all movements and all peoples of the world to stop the climate change, to protect the rights of Mother Earth. Viva los pueblos indígenas de la cuenca amazónica. I want to close this episode with a beautiful Icaro that I recorded at this conference, and it's sung by a great and powerful maestro. Sadly, I do not know the name, but all respect to him. There will be more from this conference in future episodes. Next episode is not going to be from this conference. Next week we are going to look at hell. Till then, uh, take care and freedom is in the mind. 